Miami Dolphins running back Devon Achan is one of the most polarizing running backs in dynasty leagues right now. Just how high should you draft him? All that and more in this episode of Laton Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football po- Podcast, part of the Locked On po- Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. Uh, Follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. On today's show, we are recapping the Miami Dolphins 2023 season, discussing the biggest winners, losers, and potential trade targets. Uh, And Kate, we've got to start with this tiny, tiny running back from the Dolphins that uh, had a nice rookie season. Had a very nice rookie season. Devon Achan has to be the biggest dynasty winner. I got to say, Marcus, I'm going to tease this a little bit. I don't know if I agree with this current value. So, Back in August of 2023, A-Chan was being drafted on average as the RB28. And I think a lot of people saw the upside and potential of a running back that is this fast in the Miami Dolphins offense. Because, hello, this is a fast-paced offense, Mm -hmm. uh, loaded with speed, breakaway runs. Like, you can see the potential written on the wall, and it came to fruition, mostly. Right now, he is being drafted on average as the RB7 in Dynasty, a top 10 running back, which, Marcus, we got a glimpse at the upside, okay? We got a glimpse at the upside, and I'm not here to deny it. We saw a 233 scrimmage yard game, four touchdowns. He was fantastic. Didn't start. But, Marcus, he missed six games this season. And, like, for a guy who's – main concern coming out of the draft for me was size specifically like he's fast and the good thing is is that that speed will make it so that he's hit less often but he missed six games this season he had a shoulder injury in the preseason he missed one game with that injury had a knee injury that you know he had that stint on IR came back for a game took one carry left the game again missed the following week with that re-aggravation, we're drafting him purely based on upside. And I think the floor for HN is quite low. Again, he's a third round pick. So not necessarily early third round pick though. Early early third third round pick, but he's not, he's not a first round running back and like third round. I, I get that that's higher than plenty of other running backs that were drafted, but still it's not, it's not first round draft capital. He had 10 or fewer rush attempts in, six of the 10 games that he played in full. And again, two of those games, he ended up leaving after playing two or fewer or six or fewer snaps. Like you need to be on the field. If you are looking to make a name for yourself, if if I'm drafting you as a top 10 running back in dynasty, I need to know that you're on the field. And Marcus, I'm looking at the Miami dolphins and I kind of think they'd be a little crazy not to be drafting an insurance policy. Cause again, while he's on the field, you only need him to get so many touches, but 
I've got to be very concerned about the lack of availability and I'm not sure I'm looking to invest that highly here in dynasty. I don't disagree with any of your points. And, and I agree that I think they need to grab somebody else because Raheem most what finished second in the NFL in touchdowns this year. He's 31. And if you look at his history of health, it's, it's not great either. Right. The other running backs are Jeff Wilson on this team. And again, another running back that can't stay healthy. The problem with the dolphins is they just don't have a lot of draft capital. And they've got so many needs on both sides of the ball. They need more edge rush help. They need more linebacker help. Uh, they certainly could use some more offensive line help. I just, it, and they're way, way, way over the cap. I just don't know if they're going to have the resources to go out and draft a running back, which probably means it's just going to be Raheem Mostert and uh, HN again this year, right? And I got to believe they're going to continue to just give HN more and more opportunities. I understand that the, the the floor is low here. The floor is very low. But there is like legit RB1 upside, like the overall RB1. Like if I told you right now, Kate, that he averaged 18 touches a game and he played 15 games. I'd say he would last probably through two weeks with his size. No, no, I'm saying if he if he played if he played 15 games and he averaged 17 and a half touches a game. You might rank him as the overall RB one, like literally because of his upside there. I mean, that's, I don't think that's debatable. My only question is what are the chances that he actually gets that kind of workload? Cause I think based on this situation, it is quite low Marcus. He had just five games as a rookie with 10 or more touches. Yeah. But two in those games, games with or on, sorry, uh, rush attempts, he had just two games with, more than 15 rush attempts. Like the, I think you're going to have to rely very much on receiving work, which, you know, again, he was productive as a receiver, uh, as a rookie had 197 receiving yards, three touchdowns. I'm not denying that the ceiling is very, very high, but we saw that floor is very, very sure. volatile. And if I'm drafting a top 10 running back, I need a little bit more safety than I think a chance going to provide. It just, it feels, it feels very rich to me. And, you know, I do think you look at the situation, obviously, you know, you have Jeff Wilson and Raheem Moster, both of them are under contract here through the 2024 season. I don't know that with their current depth situation, they have really much incentive to cut him uh, or either of them. Um, but they can save a little bit of money, a little bit more releasing Jeff Wilson than Raheem Mostert. But I just don't see that the Dolphins can proceed with the very short history that we've seen and just put all their eggs in the A-chan basket. This is why I'm buying. There was five games this year, Kate, where he had 10 or more carries. Here are the rushing numbers in those five games. 18 for 203 and two touchdowns. 11 for 151 and a touchdown. 17 for 73 and two touchdowns, 14 for 107, and then 10 for 56 and a touchdown. Like basically whenever he gets double digit carries, you're getting like the RB1 type of production. And we saw a willingness to throw him the ball, especially later in the season. I, there's just not very many running backs outside of the top five that have his kind of upside. And I, 
my goal is to win dynasty leagues and I want the guys that are going to help me win. And I think a Chan is one of them. Like if he hits his ceiling or if he hits 85% of his ceiling, I'm probably going to go pretty far in my, in my fantasy playoffs. Yeah. But he's also probably not going to show up in, in plenty of games that are going to absolutely kill you. I mean, if you had him toward the end of the season, Marcus, if you were relying on fantasy football playoffs, you didn't get much. And I think part of that was due to health. I don't know that he was fully healthy after returning from injury. He had obviously like the most efficient start to the season that you could have ever imagined. Um, you know, in the second half of the season, 5.6 yards per attempt, which is still excellent. Um, but it's still not the ceiling that you saw in the first half. And I do think that again, part of that was related to health, but I, I, I just have this nagging suspicion that, Health might be more of a, a long-term concern for him, is. especially considering the biggest question mark for him was size. Like, and he like all of the issues with HN played into that this year. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be a running back that this team can give 20 touches in no. week out, week in and week out. Just will say week 17 fantasy football championships, 137 yards and a touchdown against the Baltimore Ravens on a bad foot so still productive even when he's banged up uh all right let's talk about one of the biggest dynasty losers from this team there wasn't many because this offense was so good all season long but there was a clear one we will get to him next this episode is brought to you by nissan are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further ever wondered what adventure could be right around the next corner our friends at nissan have a lineup of suvs with the capability to take your adventure to the next level. The Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right in to the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen informant system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. They also have an incredible lineup of 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Uh, they have the Nissan Armada, which I really love. Take your Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada to go on your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, let's talk about Jalen Waddell, who a lot of people had as a top six dynasty receiver at this time last year. Now his ADP has fallen down to wide receiver 12. Why is he the biggest dynasty loser for you? I, I got to say, it's just kind of a lack of upside that we saw from Jalen Waddle here at this season. And that's not to say he didn't have a, like a, a really solid year. I mean, he averaged 2.63 yards per route run. That was tied for sixth in the NFL. Uh, you look at, you know, his PFF receiving grade ranked fifth in overall PFF receiving grade average 14 yards per reception. Like he had a pretty solid season when you're looking at his statistical efficiency yards after the catch, like 
he boasted all of that. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. But I think with a lot of the receiving weapons, uh, or maybe, uh, I, I guess I'm just kind of talking about Tua here, but yeah. we'll get to him in a minute. Um, that success on the field didn't translate to fantasy production as often as you would like for a top end dynasty asset that before the season, he was being drafted in a lot of leagues towards the end of the first round, early second round in dynasty startups. Yeah, I know. Even when he was healthy, uh, he wasn't a huge difference maker. Now he was productive. Don't be getting me wrong. It wasn't like he was unplayable, but he wasn't a game changer. And there were too many games where he left with an injury. And frankly, like that's my concern now is he's just, he, I'm not, I don't want to say he's injury prone, but he is one of these receivers where if he's nicked up at all, it just greatly diminishes his impact on the field. Now, maybe things will change when Tyreek Hill moves on or whatever, but it's not happening this year. It's probably not happening next year either. So we're going to be at like age 27, age 28, Jalen Waddle before he ever gets the chance to be like the number one receiver in the offense. If that ever happens, if that ever happens now, I mean, he is in kind of a, a key season coming up. So I, I'm going to assume that this team is going to pick up his oh, fifth yeah. year option. And I mean, he is going to kind of play for his future with the Miami dolphins. We've already seen Tyree kill put kind of a, a timestamp. Uh, he said he's playing out his contract and then he's done. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. But I mean, I, I, I still, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Like Tyreek Hill, he's made a ton of money. If he's not prioritizing uh, playing football at that point, like it, I, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, but the Dolphins, I, I think they're going to have to take a serious look at Jalen Waddle and whether or not he's capable of being that true wide receiver one. Now, Finishes the wide receiver 34 this year, ranked, uh, let me see, 23rd in fantasy points per game. Again, not, not terrible production, just not offering the kind of upside that you expected for this caliber of prospect. The good thing is that you look at the Miami Dolphins offense, obviously Tyreek Hill is going to be this team's wide receiver one, but because of the efficiency that this offense produces, I think also in big part to the successes they found in the run, you know, it, it doesn't take Jalen Waddle as many of those targets nope. as maybe it did in his rookie season to produce. I just don't know. It, so it's here's the thing that comes down for me for Waddle. I, he had a 1300 yard season last year, played all 17 games. He only missed three games this year, which is not a huge deal. And it was another thousand yard season. So that's three straight thousand yard seasons to kick off his career. Absolutely phenomenal. But it gets into this Chris Olave conversation that we had with Matt Williamson last week, where the raw counting numbers are really good at the end of the season. But when it comes to like fantasy points that actually help you per game, it's kind of underwhelming. And if you're having to pay top 10 in an, Jalen Waddle's case, top 12 prices. I just think there's other receivers out there that are going to be more consistent to get you 17 to 18 points a game than Jalen Waddle. And maybe things will change. Maybe we'll see the, his role in the offense uh, change a little bit. But I think right now with Tyreek Hill, his ceiling is a little capped. 
Yeah, I mean, what's fascinating is even in a very efficient season for this Miami Dolphins pass tag, I mean, Tua led the league in passing yards the regular season, and we only saw Jalen Waddle finish as a wide receiver one twice this season. That, that's per- right. He's he's a very good player that just doesn't give you that weak winning upside. Yeah, and you you also mentioned the the health portion. There were a lot of games that we saw Jalen Waddle come on and off the field. That's obviously going to play a part of that. Availability is is huge, but he did. He kept getting nicked up throughout the year, even if it didn't affect his availability in the following game or if he came back in. There were snaps missed due to yep. some of these kind of various various injuries that definitely affected his upside. And I do think that you're probably drafting Jalen Waddle for his upside at that sure. current cost and not necessarily a, a product of what he's actually produced in terms of fantasy production. And I would move him down a lot. I think wide receiver 12 is right about where he should be drafted, but you just got to remember, this is somebody who was being drafted as a top six, top seven dynasty receiver at this time last year. And while that's only like a five spot difference, the further up you get in the dynasty rankings, the, the more significant that drop is. So going from wide receiver five to wide receiver 12 is a pretty, it's a pretty big drop. Uh, he's one of the only players in this offense that I feel a little bit worse about a year later. Okay. One of the players that I certainly don't feel worse about, maybe you disagree it's Tua. I, I'm kind of all in on Tua this offseason. I am buying him. I will explain why next. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar that you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of your first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and condition. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker-dealer. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. On Friday's show, we're going to get you ready for the Super Bowl. We're going to talk a little bit about who we expect to win that game, some dynasty players to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll update you on all of the dynasty values of all the most significant players, so make sure you tune in for that. But, Kate, before we go, I just want to talk about Tua really quickly because he is somebody that I'm buying this offseason. He's down to QB 13 in dynasty leagues. I think that's a steal. You're talking about somebody who had over 4,600 passing yards this year. The touchdowns were a little low. He had 29, but you got to remember Raheem Mostert had like 20, was it 21 touchdowns this season? Stole a bunch of them at the goal line. Our biggest concern from Tua this offseason was injuries and whether or not he was just going to make it through the season. Played all 17 games. Uh, I just feel so much better about Tua now than I did 12 months ago. 
Hope you're on mute. I think that's fair. Um, I like from a statistical standpoint, really hard to argue with what we've seen from Tua this year. I mean, ranked top five in passing yards, passing touchdowns, passer rating, yards per attempt. Like he had the most efficient season that you possibly could have imagined, Marcus. Here's my gripe. It did not translate to fantasy production in the way that it should have. So if this is the kind of ceiling that we see for Tua when he is at his absolute best and leading the NFL in passing yards, and he still finishes as QB nine on the year, like I'm not saying QB nine's a, a terrible, terrible finish, but he had three top five finishes in the first six weeks of the year from week seven on, we saw a huge dip in that production finish as QB 16 or lower in six of 11 games week seven onward. He hurt you more than he helped you in those instances. And I think a lot of this happened uh, from, you know, developing their identity in the run game. They ranked bottom 10 and pass play percentage this year. So again, you're relying so much on that efficiency. I don't know if there's going to be enough passing volume, even despite this efficiency that like, if he loses that efficiency, Marcus, which I don't necessarily know that he is, I think it's a great system. I just don't know that the ceiling is high enough for fantasy and the floor is low enough for fantasy that I'm really looking to invest. I think this could be an opportunity to sell high onto a personally. Between Raheem Mostar and Devin Achan, they had 26 rushing touchdowns this year. That's just not sustainable. Like, I think there's a good chance that we see Tua, if he plays 16, 17 games next year, we'll see that touchdown production go up to 35, 36. And if that's the case, you're talking about a top eight fantasy quarterback right away. I also, we need to mention the offensive line injuries for Miami this year were out of control. Like Teron Armstead missed more than half the season. They lost Connor Williams, their center, their right guard. Robert Hunt missed a big chunk of the season. Lester Cotton was somebody that they picked up before the year started. Like they just had the worst luck when it came to offensive line injuries and he was still able to be productive. And then on top of that, one of the reasons why I feel so good about Tua is one of the things that we know about concussions is like the further that you're removed from your concussions, uh, the less of a concern it is. And now that Tua is at least what? I, 16, 17 months removed from his last concussion. I just feel a little bit better that he's not going to be as susceptible to them moving forward. He's being drafted outside the top 12 quarterbacks. I think that's wrong. That's all. I think Marcus, again, I think that's totally fine. But when you have, you know, you're one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league and you still finish as the overall QB nine with the number of injuries that we saw at the quarterback position, I'm just questioning this upside here because if he loses any bit of that efficiency, it's not like we have, uh, you know, a rushing floor that we can rely on with Tua. He had 17 total scrambles on the season that ranked 25th among running backs. He only had 19 design rush, rush attempts and he wasn't even efficient with them. He averaged 2.6 yards per carry. He's not a runner, not a He's runner. He's not a runner. So you don't have that element of the game to kind of boost the floor if he's not going to have a big day as a passer. And I do worry just again, with the way that this season played out, we think of the dolphins as a, a passing team because they are so efficient in the passing game. But I think what we saw this year is that they actually want to run the ball. And 
I, I have a hard time investing in Tua just because I, I don't know that the ceiling is worth the low floor at this point. I want to invest in this offense just because Mike McDaniel has proven that they can points score will be points. scored. Points will be scored. To me, it's no really different than the Joe Burrow conversation that we had a few weeks ago. Like, this is a much better offense than what Cincinnati has ever been. Joe Burrow doesn't run. Tua doesn't run. I actually trust Miami that they're going to throw the ball more and be more efficient and probably just have more raw numbers. I'm not saying that I would take Tua over Burrow, but I think both guys share similar concerns. One is being drafted as QB6. The other one is being drafted at QB13. And Kate? One has actually been far healthier in his career, and that's Tua. Uh, now, I understand Tua's injuries are more concerning when it comes to like him staying in the league, but you can't ignore Joe Burrow's injury history or his injury pattern either. So give me Tua, QB 13, buying him all day long. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every single day. Go check out the channel on YouTube. We post videos every single day over there. Go download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Bonjuke. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We will see you right back here tomorrow.